0: share with you just a few thoughts this morning and then we're going to be dismissed. But I want you to know we have a God in heaven who cares. I know the devil's telling you that he don't love you. I know the devil's telling you he don't care. But I promise you, I don't care what valley you're going through. I don't care what need that you have. Jesus cares about you. He knows where you're at. One of the greatest verses in the Bible says, Casting all of your cares upon him, for he careth for you. If you'll break down that verse and look up those two words, it's two words in the same English word care, but they've got two different meanings. One says burdens, problems, difficulties. Cast all your cares, all your problems, all your difficulties, everything that's weighing you down, put it on him. Then the word careth, it means it matters to him. You know, I've gone to people for help sometimes and and, and, and have you ever have you ever been to the place where you needed somebody to help you and you knew they really didn't care about your problem? It's not that he's got the ability to fix it. He wants to fix it. He not only has the ability, he wants to do it. He cares about you. It matters to him whether you're sad. It matters to him whether you're happy. It matters to Him whether you're growing. It matters to Him what's going on in your life. We have a God who cares. Say amen. Amen. If you have your Bible, turn with me to John chapter number 8. Real quickly, John chapter number 8. And we're going to read just a few verses starting in verse 30. Uh, Brother Dustin, is that deal ready? Just as soon as I pray, you let it it play, all right? Uh, John chapter number 8. And we're going to... uh, share a thought this morning on the subject, let freedom ring. Amen. Say that with me. Let freedom, freedom ring. ring. Say it again. Let freedom ring. Isn't it amazing how, how strong a word and how a much-loved word the word freedom is? Everybody loves freedom. Amen. And sometimes we take our freedom for granted And we don't realize it till we don't have it no more. We don't realize it till we're cooped up. We don't realize it till... You know, think about this. There are so many things where we have freedom and we don't even realize it. you, You have no idea how much freedom a vehicle gives you till it breaks down. Till you have no freedom no more. Listen, you have no idea what your health, your health gives you a, a certain amount of freedom. And we don't realize it till we don't have it anymore. Amen. Till you're confined to a bed. I was with Brother McBrayer this week and sat in the room with him and he said, Man, preacher, I'm tired of being in here. And I understand that. What he he has been in bondage to that hospital bed. And you say, Preacher, you mean health will give you freedom? That's right. Amen. Sometimes we don't realize all the freedoms that we do have till we begin to lose them. I'm telling you, America better wake up. We are losing our freedoms. I, I, I heard a quote by Ronald Reagan. And, and, and if you're a Democrat, you probably don't like this. But anyhow, uh, Ronald Re- I like Ronald Reagan. Amen. Amen. I just did," he said. He said he was speaking to a a, a college and, and addressing a group of college kids, and he was saying, "Our, our freedoms are being taken away." Said our, in 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 his time, and and some of them said, "Well, what freedoms? What freedoms are we losing? Just name one." He thought, "Man, I got to come up with something." He said, "There was a day when when my father taught me to drive." There was a day when you were able to drive when your daddy said you could drive. When he sat with you and, and and, and listen, taught you how to drive, when he was ready to let you drive, then you could drive. He said, nowadays, you got to go through hoops, you got to go through jumps. There are certain, every day, you say, well, that's just silly. You ought to have to take a test to drive. I agree with all that. But the point he was making, it creeps up on us so slow. He said, this was in my day. When I was a child, we don't have freedom now that I had then. And it's happening today. Man. It's happening. We can deny it. We can ignore it. But we are losing our freedoms in America because people won't have the guts to stand up and say something about it. Amen. Let freedom ring. Let freedom ring. I love that sound. I love, I love it. And I love it when they call them freedom fries. Amen. I'm not allowed to have them no more. But thank God for freedom fries. Say amen. When they come with a carb-free fry, I'm in. Say amen. Freedom. Freedom. We fight for it. We die for it. We'll do whatever it takes to sustain it and keep our freedom. Let freedom ring. Jesus is speaking about freedom here in John chapter number 8. Very familiar verse. John chapter number 8 verse 30. If you're there, say Amen. And He spake these words. As He spake these words, many believed on Him. Many trusted Him. Many believed on His Word and were saved. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on Him, if... It's a big word. It's only got two letters, but it's a very big word. If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you what? According to that, then they were not totally free yet. Now, before you get your rope and want to hang me, he's speaking to believers. He's speaking to believers. Now, some people have the idea the moment you get saved, you're free from everything. Well, that's a lie from the devil. I've heard people say, well, I quit this and I quit that and I didn't want this and I didn't want that. Man, that's great and that's wonderful, but everybody ain't the same way. Sometimes after we come to Christ, there's some things that God has to help us get free from. And he said, if you continue in my word, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou you shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily. Watch out when Jesus says verily, verily. Because every time he said verily, verily, he said something worth saying. He said something worth saying the whole time. But these are really important things. Verily, verily means truly, truly. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin, the word committed there means to practice habitually. Whoever commits or practices sin is the servant of sin. The servant abideth not in the house forever, but the Son abideth ever. If Read it with me. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. I love that. Read it again. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Dear Heavenly Father, we need your touch this morning. God, I need you more than ever before. Lord, I pray that you'll help me and forgive me of my transgressions and sins and anything that would keep you from moving this morning. God, I pray for your anointing. I pray for your power. I pray for your touch. I pray for the move of God in this place. I pray that you'll honor your word and help us as we preach it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. it, but that's fine. Let's give the Lord praise. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let's give the Lord praise for all our armed service members. Amen. Now listen, we need to always keep in our hearts and our minds the cost of freedom. The cost of freedom. I want to read you just a couple things and we'll go into the outline this morning. In 1776, the great patriot Thomas Paine wrote the following words about freedom What we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly. Tis dearness only that gives everything its value. Heaven knows how to put a proper price upon its goods. And it would be strange indeed if so celestial an article as freedom should not be highly rated. What is he saying? Something that is worth having is worth dying for. Uh, Patrick Henry said this, Gentlemen may cry, Peace, peace. But there is no peace. The war has actually begun. The next gale that sweeps from the north will bring to our ears the clash of resounding arms. Our brethren are already in the field. Why stand we here idle? What is it that gentlemen wish? What would you, they have? Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, almighty God. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. Where is that backbone today? As for me, give me liberty or give me death. Abraham Lincoln, four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a, 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 a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. What does that have to do with what we're talking about? In Luke chapter number 4 verse 18, the Bible says Jesus walked into the temple. (laughs) Hallelujah. They walked into the temple and He said this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised." How many of y'all glad we have a hero named Jesus Christ? He is a savior. Yes, amen. amen. Yes, amen. He is our redeemer. The angel said on the side of that hill with those shepherds, he said, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a what? A savior, which is Christ the Lord. Thank God for freedom. Thank God for liberty. I thank God for our country. I thank God for our Savior. In these particular verses that we are reading, there are some facts that I want to share with you, and, and then we'll be dismissed today. Uh, verse number 30, Jesus has been speaking. He, he has been instructing a crowd, and, and there were many that believed on Him. Jesus turned around to the crowd. Uh, let me tell you something. There, I know, I know uh, that there is a movement and there is a crowd uh, uh, that just says, uh, you know, Jesus will take you any way you are, and and it doesn't matter, and no matter how you are when you come to Him. And that, there's a part of that that's true. There's a there's a there's a a a a piece of that that's true, but they're not putting everything together with it. Jesus will take you just like you are. You don't have to fix anything, start anything, stop anything, change anything. Just come to Him, just like. You are, matter of fact, you can't do any of that stuff without Him. He wants you just like you are, He'll take you just like you are. But thank God Almighty, He won't leave you that way. We will not be the same. You say, how do I know I'm saved? I'll tell you how you know you're saved. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. There has been changes in your life. There will be things different in your life. You will have a different appetite. You will have different associations. There will be things in your life that will be totally different because God has come into your life. Hallelujah. Thank God for that. Thank God for salvation. God won't leave you in your condition. God won't leave you in the place that you came to Him. He will set you free. He will make you free. You may not be fixed right off the bat. You may not be whole right off the bat. You may not be changed right off the bat. You said, am I in the process of getting saved? No, sir. The moment you trust Christ, you're saved for good. You're saved until the day of redemption. You are sealed. There's no such thing as getting saved. You either are or you ain't. Say amen. Well, you either are or you are not. Amen. I'm not supposed to say ain't, am I? All right. Hallelujah. But there is a process of sanctification. There is a process of becoming Christ-like. There is a process of becoming what God wants you to become. And he is instructing that. He is telling this crowd that. He said, you believed on me now, but I've got something to tell you. If ye continue in my word, then, if, and then. We've got a lot of people that wants a ticket to heaven, but they don't want God to tell them how to live. There's only one problem with that. If you're going to get it, you've got to get it all. If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And he said this, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. What did did Jesus know? He knew there was a lot of people in that crowd that still had some hangups. They still had some issues, just like this crowd. Now I know all of y'all got the wings and the halos and all of that, but you can believe this, they're fake. Say amen. amen. We've all been made and cut out of the same dirt. There is none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Hallelujah. We all got to come the same way. We're all going to get it the same way. Nobody's going to earn their way anywhere. Say amen. We're all here. We all have issues. We all have things in our life we struggle with. We all have things in our life we fight. We all have things that are going on that we are struggling with. You say, are you sure? But what if you're right with God? I believe, I'm fairly positive that Paul was a man that was right with God. And Paul said, that which I don't want to do, I do. And that which I do, I don't want to do. Oh, wretched man that I am. Oh, who will deliver me from this? Are you all with me? We got issues. We got issues. But thank God, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You say, well, I just need to live with it. No, you don't. You need to fight it every step of the way. It's kind of like, I've I, I, <laughs> I, I seen, seen a lady say this, I'm not going to grow old gracefully. I'm going to fight it every step of the way. Hallelujah. Whatever works, amen. Listen, are we just giving in? Are we fighting for our freedom? Now, you say, I thought this had to do with let freedom ring. Well, let's talk about that. What is the opposite of freedom? Say it again, bondage. Bondage. Nobody likes to be in bondage. What is bondage? It's somebody else imposing their will upon you. You know what the greatest human nature is to me. I want. I, I mean, one, I know one is survival. Everybody wants to survive. They'll do whatever it takes to survive. I mean, they'll you know eat your arm off to survive if you got. Caught. I mean, a guy cut, I believe it was either his arm or his leg, he was in, it had fell in a cave and, and he had to be, and he cut his own limb off to rescue himself. So we'll go to great lengths for that. But you know what another thing is? It is so strong in every human being, that part of us that don't want to be told what to do. If you, I about to say, if you own some teenagers, but I guess you do own them, amen? There are some teenagers on you. Do you know what I'm talking about? Amen. What is that? I mean that comes from the very beginning of time. Nobody wants to be told no. nobody wants to be told what to do. They don't want somebody else's will put upon them and be in oppression. They won't be controlled by nothing. You know what? When we're saved, when we're saved, God does a work in us. God does a wonderful work in us, but there is some more work that needs to be done. We used to sing a song we used to sing a song when I was a little kid uh, uh, in, in the little kids choir and we sing he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be are y'all with me anybody heard that song if you heard that song raise your hand y'all have all right then let's sing it y'all ready you're not ready it's been a while it don't matter they know it amen here we go y'all ready you ready you are ready all right here we go he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be, because he's still working on me. How many of y'all believe that? Amen. But you know what, the way we act? Some of us act with each other like, well, you should know that. It's amazing how we'll take a baby Christian, we'll take a little bitty baby, and they do stuff, don't they? Ooh. I mean, I mean, you feed them and everything, and they give you back stuff that's just not right. Say amen. I mean, that's the way they treat you back. Amen? They'll, they'll puke up all over you. And I mean, I mean, here we go, and, and, and things that you think no human being could produce. Say amen. And you know, I've never said, what's wrong with you? Why are you messing up that diet? I'm talking about little bitty babies. But you know what we'll do with baby Christians? I knew it. He probably didn't have it in the first place. We're so judgmental. What's wrong? What's up with that? We are supposed to be the opposite. We need to realize everybody ain't on the same spiritual level. He's still working on me, remember? And everybody has got issues. Don't judge everybody else by yours i got some good stuff on that here in just a minute. But let me share you three quick things. What's the opposite of freedom? Bondage. Now, how many of y'all understand what I'm saying bondage, what bondage is and, and how that affects? All right, number one, write this down. I want you to see, number one, the, the facts about bondage. The facts about bondage. Uh, where, where does bondage come from? I mean, what, what, what is that all about? Where does, where does bondage come from? A, if you'll write this down, it comes from sinful transgressions sinful transgressions. The Bible says this, in John chapter 8, verse 34, they, they asked him, they asked the Lord Jesus, they said, look, we've not been in bondage to nobody. Uh, what, you know, what are you talking about? We're not in bondage. And, and I'll come back to that, because i got a point for that too. But Jesus repeats this. He said, look, verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin." He that's practicing that, habitually practicing that sin, you're a servant. And the word servant most of the time there is, 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 is translated slave. You're a slave to that sin. Now let me give you a couple verses. Proverbs 5, 22. His own iniquities shall take the wicked himself, and he shall be holden with the cords of his sins. And for 2 Timothy two twenty six and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. What's he talking about? He's talking about the lost there. He's talking about those that have been taken captive by Satan. At whose will? Satan's will. Satan imposing his will on the person. Now watch this. Romans 6.16 Know ye not? Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey? His servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. There are people that's addicted to cracks there are people that are addicted to meth that can't think about one blessed thing in their life except when they get up in the morning I've got to find that drug. I've got to find that hit. I've got to find that to give me that. They don't think about their family. They don't think about their jobs. They don't think about their future. They don't think about their God. They don't think about anything but that drug. That drug has got them around the throat. They are a slave and they are in bondage to that drug. People that are addicted to pornography. People that are addicted to all these other things. Not just that But sin, in general, will listen, it will treat you as a slave. You can't get free. It's always there. Everywhere you look, everywhere you turn, it's got control of you, causing you to do things you don't necessarily want to do. I'm telling you, sin will take you farther than you want to go. It will keep you longer than you want to stay. It will make you pay more than you want to pay. David had no idea that looking off of that balcony... Lusting after Bathsheba would get him in the shape he was in. Never dreamed it, it would take place. Never dreamed in a million years. Listen, not one, not one drunk ever dreamed when he, listen, grew up as a little boy that he would end up in a gutter somewhere laying in his own puke. Not one. But it got hold to him and made a slave out of him. Listen, I know what I'm talking about. Sinful transgressions will cause you to be in bondage. And not just for the lost, neither. Sometimes we have hiccups and hang ups. And just sin. Let's just call it sin. You know what's happened? We've been so dumbed down in America and so, so watered down that we don't call things like God. It's not an alternate lifestyle. God calls them sodomites. Listen, we're not having an affair. It's not an affair. Affairs where you go get cotton candy. Say amen. It's adultery. It's adultery. It's not just having a relationship. It's fornication. God said, no. No. Oh, it's not trying to help a brother. No, it's called sowing discord among the brethren. That's what God said. And we get hooked up in it and caught up in it and don't even realize it. Now we're bound to it. Sinful transgressions. How many of y'all see that say amen? Cause bondage. Bondage. Man, I... I, I'm, I'm tired of seeing people that are so caught up. They want life and they want liberty and they want that pursuit of happiness, but their sin has got them so bound they can't turn it loose. When it's right in their grasp. But in order to reach here, you've got to turn loose here. Sinful transgressions. But not only will sinful transgressions cause bondage, but then even worse, stifling tradition. Stifling tradition. Galatians chapter 5. The whole book of Galatians is about, about Paul dealing with the uh, listen the people there in Galatia that were, were being lied to and manipulated and, and trying to be drawn back into Judaism or the old way of doing things or to go back in the former religion. Listen, Jesus changed everything when he died on the cross. The Bible said the veil in the temple ripped from the very top all the way to the bottom. There is a new and living way. He said, my body is the new and living way. And there were people that were trying to pull him back. And he said, listen, you're leaving grace and you're going to works. It's not grace and faith in Christ. It's not that plus this. You don't have to become a Jew to be saved. It's grace. It's faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he quotes this verse in, in Galatians chapter 5, in verse number 1. He said, stand fast. Stand fast. And boy, that's what we need to tell our truth. Amen? Stand fast. Don't back up. Don't fall down. Stand fast. Hold your line. Move forward. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of... They were abandoned. Liberty for legalism. Why? Because it was a tradition that was hard to be broken. When you have done something for years and 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 now all of a sudden, somebody said, listen, it's all different now. They couldn't take that. Why do you think the Pharisees had such a problem with Jesus? Because He was the greatest agent of change in the world. You can say, man, it's the deal. Tradition will put you in bondage. Listen, the Bible says this in Mark chapter number 7. In Mark chapter number 7, He answered and said unto them, Well hath Isaiah prophesied of you, you hypocrites. As he's talking to the Pharisees, As it is written, This people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Now watch what they were doing. Howbeit, in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, ye hold the traditions of men. In other words, the traditions became so powerful, they became so strong and so influential that the word of God, the truth of God's word began to fall by the wayside and they were holding more to tradition than they were truth. It goes on to say, ye hold the traditions of men as the washing of pots and cups and many other such things. Now watch what it was causing. Making the word of God of none effect through your tradition. Now, here's the deal. All tradition is not bad. All tradition is not bad. There's a lot of good traditions. There's a lot of fun traditions. There's a lot of exciting traditions. Uh, we are very traditional people, aren't we? We like the traditions of buying firecrackers and blowing things up. Say amen. I mean, that's a tradition. It's your tradition to eat too much on the Fourth of July. It's your tradition, wonderful tradition. Say, Amen. Listen, it's how many of y'all? How many of y'all like them football traditions? Come on, tell the truth. I know what I'm talking about. Don't y'all deny it? Don't you deny it? I'm in Alabama. I know where I'm at. Say, Amen. I've been to Tuscaloosa. I've been in there. Amen. I had all my Florida stuff on. Right in the middle of the season ticket holders, I look like a tick on a red bone hound. Say, Amen. Beside Brother Donnie, Brother Donnie took me and fed me to the lions. Is what he done that day? The man beside me cussed me like a like a redheaded stepchild. And said, "Where'd you get that ticket?" I said. He called the man. Brother Donnie got the ticket from. And said, "You got me sitting beside a Florida fan, amongst other things." Did he not do that? Some of them traditions. It's cool playing that music when they come out on the. But hallelujah. I, I even like that. Amen. See, traditions are not bad. But when traditions keep you from doing the will of God, they're bad. When tradition keeps you from going forward, when traditions bind you up, they're bad. See, nothing that, that, that the Judaizers were were doing, none of that stuff was bad. God had commanded them to do it many, many, many years. But God had a new thing. God had it. And by the way, by the way, be careful when they go to saying new stuff. There ain't nothing new under the sun. And be careful when, when anybody runs, we've got a, we've got a new thing. There ain't, there ain't nothing new. But when you are so bound to one thing that you can't do something else God's telling you to do, listen, you're in trouble. Because you're handcuffed. Do you know the greatest sentence I mean, I say greatest, it's used more than any other time when dying churches are dying. We've never done it. Let me tell you something. If you're dying, if you are dying, if your church is dying, if your spirit is dying, if you always do what you always did, you'll always get what you always got. It's not good English, but you'll get the point. Amen? And what happens? God begins to move in an area. But it's different in what you think. He goes to move in a ministry. I remember, I remember, I remember. Let's go to two. Let's go to two because I want to hurt and get there. Let's go to two because it's going to go right with this. Number one. What was number one? We see the facts about bondage. Number two, I want to share this. The fruits. The fruits of bondage. What does bondage create? There's two effects. There's two effects that bondage has. Two effects that we see in these verses. Uh, the first one, there is a binding effect. There is a binding effect. Say that with me. There is a... In other words, in other words, we, we bondage takes brother... Come on, come on. See, that's what he did. See, they're doing their own thing and their own business and just snatches them out of that and buys. Now he can't do his thing. Now he's doing my thing. What, what he has just been bound... Not doing his own thing. Can't can't do what he wants to do. He wants to sit there by Miss Katie, but he's not going to because he's bound. (laughs) Binding. Binding effect. Say, well, what are you talking about binding? There's two things. Listen, sin binds liberty. Say that with me. Sin binds liberty. He wants to love his wife. He wants to provide for his home. He wants to take care of his family. He wants to serve God. But that sin in his life is keeping him from doing it. That sin in his life won't give him freedom to love his wife, to take care, to do that job so he can provide for his family. Why? He's trying to find somewhere else to get a hit. Do you all see this? Does this make sense? Sin... By, and I, I'm using drugs because it's, it's an easy illustration, but there are many things in sin that binds us. But sin binds what? Say it with me. Sin binds. Now watch this. Traditions binds creativity. Tradition. Go ahead, you can go back now. I promise you. not do nothing. Hurry up. I'm trying to preach here. Amen. Tradition binds Creativity. Let me give you an illustration. Uh, Miss Melissa, Ms. Melissa uh, came to my office one day with backup, and uh, uh, they came in there, and they tag team me. That's what happened. And uh, she said, Preacher, I've got an idea for a ministry that, that I've been involved in. And, 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 and she, <laughs> she always says this, Now, before you say anything, let me explain it all. And I, I said okay, and 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 she began to explain it. Now you gotta understand, I'm I'm as old fashioned as cornbread. Now I'm just telling you, I I I was I was, I was raised by an old fashioned fundamental pre millennial independent patriotic Baptist preacher, amen. I mean, I, we 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 preach against everything with tap water, and 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 that if you got it too hot, amen. And, and we, we it was just woo, rigid. I mean, that's just the way I grew up, and that's all I ever knew. And 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 so. She came in and she said, well, I've got this, and she began to say it. Now, first, th- first thing I did, now, they ain't going to be dancing, are they? She said, no, 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 they're not going to be dancing. Now, right off the bat, I started throwing up fences. I started throwing up, because of my tradition, my background, I didn't want anything, something not like, man, that just, that sounds like that. And all of a sudden, I could have really stifled something that God was really in. With my tradition, I could have stifled Creativity. Well, I don't think that's. I don't like that. Well, that's okay. We like it. We like it around here. It works. God moves. God touches. He touches me every time they get up. Now, what are you saying? What would have happened if because of my tradition? And honestly, I'm telling you, you can ask her. You can ask her. I I was. I was reserved, hesitant. I mean, any any time, and any time. She brings new songs, I'm still because I have that in me. Now, there are limitations to everything. We've come to some and said, "No, nah, that dog ain't gonna hunt right there. We just, you know. But what if, because of my tradition, I said, no, nah, we're just not, we're just not it's not I ain't never done that before, and we now wouldn't that wouldn't that take away something that contributes so much? Creativity. There are some things that God's doing right now. And it's not that He's doing it new because He did it in the New Testament. But it's new to some people. And be careful. Don't step into bondage and throw handcuffs on your life when there could be so many great things that you could be involved in. My, My poor girls. It's hereditary from Tammy's, Tammy's side, people. <laughs> they don't like anything. They eat spaghetti, and, and it's shorty. It's red water. That's all. I mean, there's, it ain't even lumpy. It's red water. She makes her spaghetti, and she makes my spaghetti. My spaghetti is multicolored. I'm not prejudiced at all. Lumpy and everything. And they're handcuffing themselves, what they could be experiencing in life. Try ragu, it's in there. Wouldn't you hate to go to a place that was so rigid and so cold The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And I've gone into places they think they're so right with God and so fundamental because they're against everything. And if you smile, don't you smile too much because you might be Pentecostal or charismatic. I hate them kind of places. I like going where I feel the touch of God. I like going where, listen, you're not going to jump on me if I raise my hand or if I say amen. Thank God for freedom and liberty. How do we know where to say no? Where, Where the Bible says no. Well, where the Bible says no, you say no. But if the Bible don't say no, you got to go. Amen? Let's don't stifle creativity. Let's don't stifle... A Work of God, let's not stop. You say, I don't think you can stifle. Oh, don't the Bible say, Quench not the Holy Ghost? There was a woman came to Jesus worshiping, and somebody quenched the spirit of the Lord. So, how do you know that? Because he said, Simon, I have somewhat tell thee. So, this woman she had tears dripping off her face, hitting in Christ's feet she was going to kiss his feet boy he didn't like that boy if he knew who she was he wouldn't be I tell you what (laughs) be careful be careful being a critic of worship you don't know where that woman's been you didn't know listen Simon didn't know what God saved her from Simon you haven't done one thing she has not ceased to kiss my feet She's washed my feet with her own tears. Simon, you were the one responsible. You hadn't done a blessed thing. It's always fun to get critiqued by people who ain't doing nothing. Everybody can throw the touchdown pass sitting in the recliner. But boy, when you standing there, and then 300-pound linebackers are standing in front of you, then you come tell me your story. Well, I tell you, preacher, you need to do that. Don't tell me that. You don't walk in my shoes a month. I'll give them to you. Be careful. Let's not allow tradition to keep us from moving forward. They had to fight it the whole time. And most of the time, they wasn't fighting the world. Look through the book of Acts even with all the time Jesus has spent with his disciples, they were still hung up on that. That when Peter went to the Gentiles, and they got saved and God touched them, and I mean God moved in their life, they still had a problem with it. Look it up. It's in the book of Acts. Then he explained, look, God did this and God did that, and God showed the same thing in them that he showed in us. And Man, look what God... Then they said, oh, okay. He should have never had to do that. Are you all with me? Let's be careful and not let sin. Let's not let transgressions or traditions bind us and keep us from moving forward. Listen, these things, bondage has a, what kind of effect? It has a binding effect. But then I've seen this. Bondage has a blinding effect. A blinding effect. say, so what do you mean? They were sitting here, now I don't believe Personally, I don't believe that it was the believers that had just trusted Christ. I believe it was that pharisaical crowd that was still with them, mixed in with them, because I just don't see brand new believers bowing up in Christ's face coming back at him. I, don't, I just don't believe that. I believe there was a crowd there just like there's a crowd here. In any, it don't matter where you are, you're going to have a mixed multitude. But in this, in this crowd, after he told them this, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Some of them bowed up and said, wait a minute, wait a minute, what are you talking about? We're Abraham. See, we've never been in bondage to anybody. Oh, really? Really? That 400 years in Egypt, is that a cakewalk? That that Babylonian captivity? Uh, Listen, when the Assyrians, hello, hello, and matter of fact, aren't you in bondage right now to the empire of Rome? But you know what? They were... You know what most addicts will tell you? I don't have no problem. Hey, man, I ain't got no problem. People will come to my office with with family issues. And one of them, all, not all the time, but most of the time, one of them will say, I don't think i' I just come because of her. I just come because of him. How many times have you seen that? Done, okay. Okay. <laughs> Bless your ministry there, brother. God bless you. Appreciate your honesty right here in the middle of the house of God. You know why? We just couldn't see it. And you know what? If we all was honest, Travis, we all done it. I ain't got no problem. That's what they were saying. What are you talking about? Free? Free? Ain't nobody we free. Oh really? You free? You free? then why are you in my office? you free. You're, you're really free. You, 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 you don't have no problem. You don't have no issue. Why, why'd you lose your job? You, really? You, fr- you free? Why, why am I bailing you out of jail right now? How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? And you know what? Tradition does the same thing. We get so blind. We're blind to what we are comfortable with or to what we want. Tradition. Comfort zone. Comfort level. Well, I don't know about that. You know what I think most people hate with change is the risk of failing. I don't know if we need to try that because... What if it don't work? We'll do something different. We'll change. Sometimes people won't... You know, how many of y'all ever seen a turtle? Y'all ain't never seen no turtle? Turtle. Terrapin, is that better? Terrapin. Turtle. I I, I passed one today. I passed one today. And I'm talking about I drove like Mario Andretti to get around it so I didn't hit that turtle. I rescued that turtle. Are you proud of me, Miss Barry? See there? uh, You know? And you know what? I come up, and i seen it. I I mean, it's a miracle of God. I did see it, but I did see it. And you know what that turtle had? Had his neck stuck out. His eyes went like this. No. (laughs) I'm just I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It wasn't. <laughs> but you know what? If that turtle was gonna get anywhere, he yeah, had to stick his neck out. And we're so bound up in our shell, in a self protective mode, we don't want to try anything or do anything or do because we might get hurt. Yeah, you're probably gonna get hurt. Because you're working around people. And people hurt people. We don't even mean to. But we do it on accident. But that's just the risk we got to take. But I tell you what, when that little turtle, I'm sure he's in the pond splashing right now. But he'd have never got there unless he'd have stuck his neck out. And we're going to be right in the middle of a highway with, with semis coming down. We're going to be facing all kinds of things here at Temple Baptist Church. Yes, we're going to face failure. Yes, we may have a hiccup. Yes, we may slip up something. But I'm telling you, if God said to go, I promise you, the promised land is worth making the trip. Amen. Listen, last of all, let's finish this. I'm hungry. That turtle got me thinking of food. I may go catch him and. Hallelujah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Y'all got to forgive me. I spent the weekend with my hillbilly family folk in Tennessee. And uh, where's he at, Ryan? Did you learn something this week, son? Huh? Ryan, he sat in the corner with his eyes this big around. He he never seen nothing like that. Hey, Amen. I ooh. Uh uh. We're gonna have to send that boy to therapy. I, I can tell. I I oh. Oh, look, how do we deal with bondage? How do we deal with it? How do we deal with sin? How do we deal with these things we struggle with? How do we deal with these addictions, these habits? It's very simple. It's very simple. Jesus said this, If ye continue, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and, the truth, what you're reading shall what what's it say? make you free there's a difference if I set you free, you could be captured again, but if I make you free, you're free indeed boy there's a message right there, hallelujah all right let's talk about that and and, and we're done we're done i'm I'm telling you I'm hungry, I am so hungry uh. How do we continue in the Word? What's the, what's the simplest way to continue in the Word? Does that mean just go to church? Absolutely not. Continue in the Word is three things. If you'll write these things down, I promise you. I promise you it'll change your life. It will change your life if you'll do these things. Continuing in the Word is this. First, you've got to receive the Word. you got to get it. You've got to hear it. You've got to read it. And by the way, if all you're getting is when you go to church, you're a malnourished Christian. Yeah. It's not about what you get here. It's not about what you get here. It's about what you're getting in your, in your quiet time. It's about what you're, when you when you're reading your Bible, you need to get it and read your Bible every day. Say amen. you got to receive it. you got to receive it. But what are you doing right now? You're receiving the Word. I'm teaching you and preaching. I'm giving you God's Word. I'm sharing with you the truth of the Gospel. I'm sharing you nuggets in God's Word. You are receiving it. You are receiving it. And listen, depending on your attitude will depend on how you receive it. Stephen's crowd was cut to the heart and they killed him for it, but Peter's crowd was pricked in the heart and they repented and got right. What's the difference? If you receive the word like you need it, not that you have to get it, if you receive the word and say, God, open my eyes, show me something that I need, I'm telling you, it will drastically change what you get out of your Bible reading. But if you do it to check off the list, if you do it to keep a quota, you're not going to get anything. But if you come to God in honest sincerity and say, God, let me see something in your Word, God will give you something for that day, that hour, right then and that time. Yeah. Say amen. we got to receive it. We've got to receive it. Then be, or two, or dose, whatever you're writing down, I don't know. Receive it. Then, write this down. you got to review it. Review it. What's the Bible say in Psalms chapter number one? Meditate it day and night. Amen? In his law, that we meditate day and night? That means think about it. That means to, hmm. That means to bring it up again. Remember the cow chewing its cud? It was something that it had chewed on before and bringing it back up for recalculation. Say amen thinking about it, contemplating on it. Some of the greatest messages God's ever given to me in my life was something I had read earlier in the week and all throughout the week I'd been thinking about it and, and contemplating on it. I'd wake up in the morning with something, a thought that God gave. I'm telling you, don't be a speed reader when it comes to God's Word. I would rather you read a little short section and then think about it during the week and it will change your life. You're receiving the Word right now. When you go into your small groups, what are you going to do? You're going to review it. You're going to get with your friends and your family, your church family in your small group and talk about what you received on Sunday. You begin to review it and what it meant to you, what you got from it and what how God used it in your life that day. That's why these small groups are so important. I think you all should be in one, every single person. It gives you an opportunity to review the word. This Sunday, this excuse me, this past Tuesday in our small group, uh uh one, one family one family said said you know We've seen through the message, we've seen how Satan has attacked our family, he's attacked us as a couple, he's attacked our children, now he's attacking our health, and, and boy, it was through that where we saw that. that This is not just coincidence, this is a, real, it is a real strategic planned attack from the devil to destroy our family. And all of a sudden, God gave us a ministering moment. We just all stopped right there, and all the ladies got around the lady, and all the men got around the men, and we prayed for him. We were loving one another. By reviewing the Word. But then, this is the most important one. What are we talking about? What What is all three of these things? It's What are we doing? We are, starts with a C, continue. How many of y'all want to be free? How, what's the secret of being free? Continuing the Word. How do you continue in the Word? you got to receive it. you got to come and get it. But then you review it. You meditate on it. But then, here's really important, y'all, really important. Got to do this one you got to rehearse the Word. In other words, you got to go out and do it. you got to go out and do it. You know, there is no training like on-the-job training. No training whatsoever like on-the-job training. My dad, my dad worked heavy equipment his whole life, and uh, he'd take me and my brother, and we'd go out, and, uh, and Joe's a whole lot better at it than me, because I never really did it as much as he did, and he, like, does it all the time, and he can, like, do it in his sleep with his toes. I mean, he can just... He's got all them levers and all that. I mean, he can, make, he, can, he can make a backhoe dance. I mean, he, it's unbelievable. And you know what? My dad could sit there with me. My dad could sit there with me and said, okay, this lever does such and such, and this lever does such and such, and he could give me paperwork on this tractor. And then say, okay, now you're ready. Would, would that be true? Now, he done that. He done that. he said, all right, and he showed me what all these did and go to it. Son, I had that back old arm swinging all over the place. he slowed slow down, slow down. I mean, and, and it took a while till you got the feel for it. And you know what? All that paper training was okay. But I didn't get it until I did it. And there's way too many Christians coming, and they're getting all kind of paper training. But they're not getting involved. And that's why they're not maturing. That's why they're not developing because this thing all works together. You've got to receive it, review it, but then you've got to rehearse it. Don't come and hear about forgiveness in here and then go out there and not give none. Let me say that again. Don't come in here and hear about forgiveness and learn about forgiveness and then go out and hold a grudge about somebody in the church that done you supposedly wrong. Because you're not mature. That's not mature. There ain't nothing mature about that. A mature Christian will take what they receive and then they'll go out and do what they have learned. I need y'all might as well shout louder than that. We wonder why churches are dying. We've got so many that are sitting, soaking, and souring. They've got a one million hours worth of Bible study lesson here and there, but they're not doing any of it. Are y'all with me? How are we going to? Break free from bondage through continuing in the scriptures. Then number two, or B, last of all, through communion with the Savior. <laughs> Don't miss this ingredient. He said, "He that commits sin or, or practices habitually in that sin is a servant in that sin." And he said, "Whom the Son makes free." See, there was two things written: the scriptures and the Savior. And this did you see that? The Son, capital. talking about Jesus Christ. So you need to come listen, continue in the scriptures, but then you need to commune with the Savior. So why is that important? Because I know a lot of people that know a lot of scriptures, but they're still in bondage. They'll try to take the scriptures and turn them around and use them against you. Because they don't know how they they, they have a, a head knowledge of the word, but they don't have a heart knowledge of the author. And when you spend time in the Word, if you don't spend time with the Savior, then you're going to become a legalistic Pharisee. The Bible says the letter of the law killeth, but it is the Spirit that giveth life. I have seen so many people that had so much Bible knowledge, they had so much law, and they become like a robot in black and white, and they had no idea about grace and the Spirit of God, and they became so mean and judgmental, they couldn't do anything for God. There has got to be a balance between the law and grace. We do have a Bible. We do have commandments. We do have responsibilities. I believe in all of that. But we need to operate in the Spirit and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. How do you know? The Bible says Moses says to to stone her. The law is commanded to stone her. Jesus began to ride on the ground and they all broke camp. He said, Woman, where thine accuser there are none, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. What is that? That's amazing grace. How sweet the sound. that saved a wretch like me. Boy, we need grace back in the house of God. You know where that's going to come from? Hanging out with Him. Being in His presence. Listen, I don't want you to just read your Bible. I want you to spend some time with the one who wrote it. Are you with me? And I promise you, we'll all leave here singing, let freedom ring. Let freedom ring. I want freedom to ring in this church house. I want freedom to ring at the school house. I want freedom to ring at the courthouse. Listen, we need to change our city for God. Let freedom ring. All God's people say... Lord Jesus, thank you for your word today. Thank you for your trust and mercy. Thank you for your goodness.